Welcome to episode 104 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review podcast. Each episode, myself and a guest host will pick apart a comic, subject, a run, or even just a creator. Um, let's, let us know what you think by visiting neverironanything.com. You can write in a box there. Um, this week, it's the welcome return of the Brot- of Brotty Ferry's very own comics huffer. I understand that's quite polite. Mr. Tom Stewart. How you doing, babes? You all right? Hey, oh, yeah, I'm all right. How you doing? <laughs> oh, man, we like... We've been talking for about an hour at this point. You're ready, oh, yeah. but uh, I will do. I will ask you how you've been. How's your How's your life been? You right? Yeah, good man. Just busy, busy. Work is busy. Yeah. Um, like I say, like like you say, we have been speaking about it, and yeah, it's just you know, holidays come up, and pets and animals ain't going to take care of themselves. So in <laughs> in steps in steps, good old Tom, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the dog whisperer of Dundee. Yes, well, it seems more the uh, the cat whisperer these days. My God, I'm forever, I'm drowning in cats. Oh, I used to hang about <laughs> in the buy the cat the cat food on a Thursday night at Tesco in Elmer's End in South London because that was singles night at the supermarket. That was quite a good place to sit. Never got <laughs> <Yes>. lucky. <laughs> yes, for cats, not the other term, cats. <laughs> uh, but no, shitloads of. Cats, rabbits, and old dogs moving about of all types, honestly. Just unbelievable. But still fitting in time to read comics, mate. Always time to fit. That's going to be my next question. There's always time in there. There you go. I haven't had time to read any comics this week. When you're taking a shit, you can read a comic. That's what I do. Yeah. Yep. know what you mean. Good. Well, (laughs) speaking of comics, um, what have you chosen for us to talk about this week, my friend? Well, I've chosen, as you rightly said at the start there, a single creator um, as opposed to a single title this time. Um, A man who is described in the back of one of his works as married, cartoonist, illustrator, book designer, collector, miniaturist, melancholic, narcissist, technophobe, (laughs) sentimentalist, troglodyte, alarmist, prattler, uh, milk toast. Guelphite and cat fancier, Seth, pseudonym for Gregory Gallant. Excellent. The um, I think that's it then. I think we can close the podcast down. We've kind of described them there. I think it's actually <laughs> the um, I will say, and the, I love revisiting a lot of this stuff, man. I, I've got some great memories of some of his books as being books I, p- I picked up on the monthly. But the um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you on the fact that he is is also known as or as AKA as we might might perhaps call him as gregory gallant gregory gallant i'm gonna say is in the past is that right he doesn't actually i'm lying he might use it on his checkbook i don't know do people still have checkbooks i don't know but i'm he's kind of that's the thing of the past i think in one of the videos we were watching he was actually saying he tell you he spent years telling people off for calling him that didn't he sort of yeah he created this whole new persona didn't he yeah as a as a as a a kind of rebel teenager um he wanted to find himself just a scary sort of one syllable name he says that he always says a scary sort of one syllable name and went with seth and i go really scary yeah I know. like anybody says seth to me okay maybe it's a difference in the time but you know somebody says seth to me i think of the kid from Superbad. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't think like, but even then, even before that, I just think that's not really scary. But you know, one one syllable name, you know, Prince, um, Madonna, whatever. Um, 
but he went with Seth. And yeah, Gregory Gallant is kind of dead and buried, but I don't know. I wonder if he would actually yeah. get newer people who meet him to call him Gregory these days because he has expressed sort of regret that he's made everybody call him Seth. Even his mum, okay. he, he, got, he got his parents yeah. to call him yeah, Seth. He went, he went quite militant on it, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, you're right. Actually, there's the only Seth it reminded me of is there was a boy in the boarding school I was at called Seth, and he say, "Esmond, I want to be an MP when I grow up." And we used to flush <laughs> his head down the toilet a lot, the <laughs> for that reason. But yeah, that's so to me. It's it's always been a bit of a sort of softy kind of name. That's, yeah, that's the way I think of it. But the yeah, you're right. It's not it's not cutting edge, isn't it? He's no, no. Topol. He's no, no. share. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's true. But I think it, I think, I think it suits, it suits his whole aesthetic to have just one name. Although Gregory Gallant is a, a very, I would say, a rather refined name. That's a, a hell of a name, name, anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, a very Canadian name. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. A boot. I think, I what do you want yeah. these videos are going to boot? What, what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah, it's all, it's all about. Uh, the house in which I stayed in, you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's brilliant. I didn't know you was. Yeah, that's a good, good impression. Yeah. So, uh, so let's let's start at the beginning, uh, Tom, and say where did you first discover his work? Um, I first dis- I first discovered Seth on a whole from reading Joe Matt's Spent. Um, and <laughs> yes, seeing yes, him- that title is quite quite right for the uh, what happens in it. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and him. So, uh, Joe, Seth, and and um, Chester Brown are friends in in real life, um, but they were they spent a lot of time together, so they ended up in each other's comics. So yeah, pretty inseparable for many years, as I understand it, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And um, I kind of I, I I learned about Seth and in, in, in Spent, and I don't know the way Joe depicted him in that. I I kind of I was very adverse to him. I was like, oh, I don't. This guy's very abrupt. I don't really. Yeah. like him so much um and i i then found his book um it's a good life if you don't weaken um and tried to read it at that time yeah and i think because of the adverse reaction of how i'd seen this person and then saw this title i didn't take to it and i was going that's oh, interesting just... isn't it so yeah he's, he's almost you almost put off off him by the way he's depicted by his two best friends strange yes. isn't it and it, it it really put me off for a long, long time. And then I heard him being interviewed. Um, I can't remember what it was for now because I've never been able to find it again. But I heard okay. him being interviewed for something, and uh, seeing him and 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 seeing him in his in his full attire and thinking, God, what an interesting guy. Yeah. And um, I, I sort of kept stumbling across interview after interview, and I thought, you know, I should really give this guy a. a a shot again you know I, th- yeah. I think i've maybe judged it too harshly and uh, i actually asked dave if he had any um any books and he had palookaville number one uh wimbledon green and it's a good life if you don't weaken right and uh, i read palookaville number one thinking oh it's just a single issue like i'll just read this and that was it yeah. like I was just so taken with him, and I thought, God, I really did ch- judge this guy too harshly just on his depiction and something else, you know. Yeah, that's and, that, um, that's really interesting, man. Because of the three of them, he's often described, and he said it himself, as the normal one. And we're, we're definitely yeah. going to get into the fact by why we perhaps don't think he's perhaps that's the best description of him. But when you look at the three of them, you've got Joe Matt, who 
literally does comics about wanking a lot. Yeah. And you've got Chester Brown who does comics about buying prostitutes. You know. And wanking. And wanking. Yeah, he does. Yeah, there's a big wanking element there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to tell you, paying for it is there's there's got to be an episode in paying for it. I'm a big fan of Chester Brown's work. I think, um, yeah, um, Ooh, okay. But yeah, no, I, I agree, man. Um, it's for me. I think it was probably unaware. I read him in Mister X. So I was buying Mister X back then, okay. And I think I bought Mister X because I'm off the top of my head. I think Jaime Hernandez did an issue. I think one or yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. And Hernandez brothers were on it for a wee bit. Yeah. Yeah, I love their their black and white stuff, especially the, the, the just the beauty of Jaime's line. I'm just a, a, an addict to it. I'm not necessarily a, a massive Love and Rockets fan, but Jaime's mm. art I could watch. I could look at it all day. And I bought okay. that and I read it and I'm. To, to much to my shame, I didn't really realise who he was, but I enjoyed it. It was the next best thing in KG. I mean, he's actually said he's not that proud of it and he can't look at it anymore. Yeah. Which you hear a lot from artists, don't you, you know, um, yeah. in the comic biz. And when you think he was probably quite young back then, putting it out, you know, sort of mm -hmm. early to mid, mid to late 80s. So I read that and then I picked up um, its... Um, it's a good life if you don't, you know. What's it? It's a hard name. It's a it's a good life if you don't weaken. That's it. Sorry, it's a good life if you don't weaken. Yeah, which is apparently is a phrase his mother used to say all the time to him. Yes. Um, and I picked that up. Um, and absolutely like, absolutely adored it, and had mm -hmm. no mental connection until years later that he's the person who done Mister X sort of thing. And then I and then right. I start. I went back and bought the Palooka bills back, and this would have been um, mid nineties, I suppose, something like that. Yeah. It yeah. was when I was. It was when I was buying a lot of these guys' work, which I always compare this. I always think of this as um, the, these. There's a group of creators. And they're not necessarily all linked up together, but in my head, they sit there in that that '90s area. And I compare them to American comedians who have a TV series and then they go on to make movies. So they're almost like oh, yeah. a, a group of people who've made these sort of month, or not monthly, but you know, comics that came out regularly or irregularly, mm -hmm. um, and then they've gone on to make graphic novels. Um, yes. and almost they've, they've sort of freed themselves from that form to go and make these things, these big, chunkier, longer um, things. And there's, there was a few of them. There, you obviously had Hate um, yep. with Peter Bagg. You had Optic Nerve, which is still kind of going, isn't it, um, with Adrian Tomanet. Um <laughs> Eight Ball with Klaus. Um, yep. Peak yeah. Show with Joe Matt. Um, minimum Wage with um, Bob. Um, mm -hmm. And then I suppose the only, the recent equivalent of that is King Cat Comics, isn't it, which we talked about previously. <coughs> yeah. You know, almost yeah. like... Um, and and that's kind of what he did for a long time is these comics came out regularly and then they were collected and people almost recognize the collections more than the actual comics sometimes i think mhm mm yeah yeah very much so I, <clears throat> I think a lot of the time especially with seth a lot of people seem to just think of the big heavy hitter titles as well they yeah. literally just go like oh seth yeah it's a good life if you don't weekend wimbledon green uh Clyde fans the yeah. Yeah, the great Northern Brotherhood, Clyde fans, um, and George Prop, yeah. and then that's it. Like, just nothing else. And like the sort of face people that that, that kind of call it at that, they just kind of go, oh, "Yeah, that's it." But you literally just have to scratch the surface a little bit, and like, there's a whole series of Palookaville. Yeah. Um, he's got endless amounts of like sketchbooks, a book that he did with his father. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're they're scarce titles now. Yeah. Um. 
but he's he's done um, books with Lemony Snicket. He he was the one that did all the design and and sets and everything for the Peanuts collections. Yes, that's right. For Fantagraphics, that is, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. Um, there's yeah. So you mean there's just an endless amount. He is, like I say, he's he's a he's a comic artist, but he's also a designer yeah, as well. He, he, you know, but he does pop up in weird places and that you don't necessarily expect. Like you say, like the Fantagraphics, you know, archive editions and stuff yeah. like that. And then he de collected a book of um because he's very. We'll talk about this in a bit, but he's very into cartoonists from say mm-hmm. the New Yorker and newspaper cartoonists and stuff like that. Um, then yeah. he is perhaps comics these days, but he also now. This is another theory of mine that they all seem to this little group of people all seem to do the same thing, and that's album covers. So we had oh, Peter okay. Bag did George Thorogood and Destroys, amongst others. Charles Burns um, did Iggy Pop. Um, you had Crumb doing obviously Cheap Thrills, so probably leading a lot of them off. You had Klaus doing the Headcoats, um, which is the um, sort of UK punk band. Um, you had uh, Fingerman doing the Toasters, um, but then you have Seth, and typically, typically Seth. From all those other covers, which were crazy, they look like just underground comics in a panel. You know, the yeah. Seth does Amy Mann's Lost in Space, um, which uh-huh. is um, just some pictures of um, uh, electricity cables and pylons on, on a landscape. Right. And I remember picking this up um, because I liked the cover and I think I'd, I'd heard an Amy Mann song, you know, and I thought, I think it saved me. I'd heard, I think oh, I'm on holiday and I, I bought, uh, as you used to buy CDs, you know. And I bought um, A Man's Lost in Space, and it's only later that I realised, oh, that's Seth. <laughs> yeah, but it's so him. It so plays into that. Because we'll talk about definitely talk about this in a bit. But he's, he definitely loves the landscape. But yes, they seem to. I'm not sure if people think, oh, who should we get to do an album cover? You know, who's going to be the next one to do some graphic novels? Um, who's going to do maybe some, design some t-shirts or gig posters for us? There's this little people, a group of people they seem to pick on. You know. Sometimes. I wonder if it's just because music and comics for a certain era and time maybe ran in the same circles. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, could we all be um, Especially that sort possible. of, apart from Seth, the sort of punk aesthetic, um, you know, and a lot of metal. Well, he did, yeah. he, he did run with that kind of, he, he ran with that kind of crowd for a while as well. And I mean, he is friends with like uh, Klaus and everything as well. Yeah. Um, that maybe it's just been a kind of, set up situation in that that one knows the other and it's it, it runs yeah could well be who can you, you you free to do this cover no but seth is you know is that going on yeah. Sure. yeah 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 um so seth as you said um born gregory gallant in 16th of february 1962 in clinton ontario his parents were a mixture of canadian his father and english his mother um now his mother plays big into i think almost everything he does he talks about her a lot um yeah. in a lot of the interviews and we've watched a few on the way up um, worthy a worthy mention to start with is the movie Seth's Dominion, which you put me into um, mm-hmm. from the National Film Board of Canada, which is a mixture of animation and interview and um, yes. spoken word. And it, and is a nice you can buy it um, on Amazon here. It's a nice little collection. It's almost done like a graphic novel. Um, did you watch yours online or did you get a copy, dude? No, I got a copy. Yeah. Um, and I was <laughs> I was taken more with the. Uh, it took me a wee while to actually get to the, the actual film because I was taken more with the, the book itself yeah. that it comes in. Um, as you, did you you ended up getting the book, didn't you? Yes, I've got it here in front of me. Yeah. 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 And it's like two books put on top of each other. Like flipped. Yeah. Opposite, oh, yeah, opposite ways. And one side is like photographs and the other side is like samples of work. Yeah. And, uh, oh, my God. Like the photographs in general, that just... 
I mean, still, really insult- I-, I mean, page three is his mother. I think the first yeah. few are his mother. Um, yeah. He was obviously, who I think suffered from some mental illness in her life. Yeah, but dementia. Yeah, yeah, he really, he really did have a, have a huge relationship with her. Um, yes. and, 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 you know, I think they were very close. Um, mm-hmm. To such a point we're in, I think it's, is it Seth Semenya or is it another one? It might be another interview that I saw. He actually compares his wife to his mother at one point in one of these. And I'm thinking, ooh. ooh I think he I says didn't... something like, when I'm working upstairs as a kid, I can hear my mother singing and laughing. Yes, yeah, that uh, is, yeah, yeah. And he says, and I've spoken to my wife about this, and she understands, and I, I feel the same about her. When it gives, it makes me feel company when I'm working, which, you know, been at the loneliness of the cartoonist and he can hear her talking upstairs yeah. um his wife's called tanya and she is a barber um mm-hmm. there's there's a rather awkward moment in seth's dominion where the, I, I kind of feel like the the filmmaker has said to her um yeah you because they they met when she was a new um artist model yes and she he said i couldn't speak to her but she came over and spoke to me and um and there's almost this moment where she sort of declares to the camera that she was a nude artist model, and it's like it's like it's almost like she's forced to. It just I don't you know these moments are sort of cringe. You cringe at a bit sometimes. Yeah, it is quite it's quite jarring that. Bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, because she really she really does. She goes, um, you know, um, we met in art class, and then it's like she takes a pause and goes, but I didn't do art. Yeah, that's I was it. The yeah. Model, and you're like, what? <laughs> but then I didn't even think like, oh yeah, nude model. I just thought, like, oh, she's a she's a model, and then Seth falls up with you, or oh, you know, people think because she's the the nude model, you don't you don't want to go up and and speak to her. And I was going, wait, what? Like, yeah. she just said she was the model. You didn't have to clarify that she was nude in the class. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, it's fair enough, you know. Yeah, that's a good looking lady. Matter, but... Yeah, I get yeah. I get the yeah. feeling he's batting a bit above his average there, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> he's doing all right. Yeah. They both are very. I think they're very well suited when you Striking, see them yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that I think it shows as well in that Seth Dominion. She says that it's like Tanya says that it's all about persona building, um, like yeah. their whole outlook and aesthetic and every, everything about them kind of thing. And she says it very much for herself as well. It's, it's all about uh, persona building. I'm like, yeah, I make you right on that, especially with. Seth and how he dresses and yeah. appears and stuff like it is. It's a lot of persona building. Well, and let's describe him. I don't think some people may not know what he looks like who are listening. He's well, how would you describe him, man? He is. He has all the attributes of a kind of twenties, um, thirties gentleman. Yeah. Um. So the long trench coat, the fedora. Um, the penny rounder glasses. Yeah. Um, he has the sort of gaunt, um, sort of s- slim demeanour about him. It's all su- it's all suits. It's all very well pressed three button suits. And sort of brogues, isn't it? That sort of yeah, look to him. Yeah, tartan yeah. ties, you know, plaid ties and stuff. And uh, he wears leather gloves. And you know, um, a lot of the p- photographs that you see of him, he's carrying around a sort of camera in a in a, in a very sort of leather bound case and stuff around his neck, and he's carrying a little satchel. And um, <laughs> it'd be too yeah, exhausting, it's... man. The, the only people who say, "What do you wear?" I say, "I wear whatever's clean." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's 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 a um, it's very eccentric, but it's a. Uh, I don't know. It really suits him. It really suits the style of art and stuff that he goes for as well. You know, it's, it's it all play, all plays together. Yeah, I mean, when I first saw it, I thought I would be annoyed having a friend like that. But when you think that it actually sort of plays into his whole artistic life, so 
we'll talk about it later but he does comics and he does other things as well um it's, it's an interesting aesthetic now this comes from originally he was sort of he had this like long dyed blonde hair didn't he he was sort of yes part sparks part punk part you know lou reed new york going on with him a bit um and that must have been i think when he was doing mr x which ran he, he did issue 6 to 13 85 to 88 at vortex comics um and then in 1991 he launched palookaville um mm-hmm. And he began his long-standing relationship with Drawn and Quarterly, um, yes. who we, we will definitely get to as well. Who I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, and I know you are. Um, yes. And everything kind of flows from Palookaville from then for me. You know, sort of, sort of straight, a straight river of productivity in the comics world, and certainly the stuff I was seeing. And mm-hmm. and like you say, the first one that comes to mind from that, although I think there was a couple of issues preceding it, was It's a Good Life You Don't Weaken. Um. And he thanks Chester Brown and Joe Matt within that. And that's, um, I think, four to nine of issues of Palookaville. So not yes. a long run, but certainly not compared to Clyde fans. No. Um, did you want to talk no, a little no. bit about what that one's about, man? It's a good life you don't weekend. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's the character of Seth. Yeah. It's not... It's kind of pseudo-autobiographical, isn't it? It's not Yeah, there's, yeah. there's times and... And, and events within it that did happen, but the actual running narrative throughout it of Seth discovering a certain artist within old New Yorkers and then trying to track him down didn't actually happen. Right. Uh, oh, interesting. Okay. Because Callow doesn't exist. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it then comes into question the entirety of the story. A lot of people thought that he was, because he started off with Autobio. Um, that that was that was what it was. It was a, it was a story about him tracking down this person. But then, as some readers in the in the letters pages um, of Palookaville noted, was I think there was one in particular, but there was a couple that were like, "Is this Callow person real?" And somebody said, "I've went through New Yorkers and I can't find this <laughs> Callow person anywhere, and I can't find this issue that you're talking about." And it's. Um, <laughs> he basically, it is that basic thing of like he Seth as a character but Seth as a person will go digging for sort of old cartoonist work and old strips and stuff so yeah. you know we'll go in, into a thrift store and find old magazines and go through them and that's it shows him in that sort of day-to-day aspect and the thoughts and feelings and, and the conversations he'll have it certainly feels very real doesn't it there's a there's a real yeah. explanation I'm there must be some reality for him looking because I know he he produced that book. I'm, forget, I'm forgetting the name. Was it Reynolds, the cartoonist? He produced an English cartoonist book, didn't he? Um, mm-hmm. Which a few of them, Alan Fingerman, didn't did it for someone as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's um. Now there's there's some things I like about this. Now, to me, when everyone goes about Watchmen, I actually say, well, Watchmen is a mystery story, and mm-hmm. it is. And it, yeah. with this one, everyone goes on about oh, it's a good life, you don't, a good life you don't weaken. I go, it's a mystery story, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. That, but it keeps it's like a mystery story that you keep thinking has ended and then ends adds another issue to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I like that about it. I like that exploration, and I really like the way he discusses it with Chester Brown throughout yes. it. They talk about that, but intermingled amongst it is these relationships. And I think I'm right in saying it's the only time you get to see Seth Knob in this, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> is he naked in one of them? 
Yeah, I mean, he's naked in the first couple of issues of Palookaville as well. Oh, but yeah, right, okay. It's been a while. He is, right. he is, um, he is I mean, issue one, he gets his knob out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you do, you do, you do see it, um, especially when he's just, but what I like about that is, it's, there's no, there's no sort of bombast to it. He's, it's not a thing of like, um, him like slipping out of a woman or something like that, or I'm, I'm like running yeah. down the street or something. It's, you know, I think the the first place that you see it in It's a Good Life is he hears some people skating on the ice outside and he sort of goes and looks and then he's putting on his dressing gown and walking through the house and he's just walking through naked. Yeah. And there's no, it's not a, you know, you, you would blink and you miss it. Yeah. Sort of thing, you know. Um, Everything is an exercise in quietness, isn't it, in this, the, for me. Um, he, he, he describes early superhero comics as an exercise in shouting, which I kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, a thing that he says quite a lot and he i think he's he said more in in sort of more recent years is that he, he wants a lot less conflict in these yeah. stories he doesn't he understand lot... why that is necessary for a you know yes. a story or a comic yeah yeah definitely he, he watches films and he he'll, he'll come away going well that was great but i wish there was just a lot less conflict um and i do you know what? i make him right on that though yeah because there are so many things that I've watched and been like, that was great, but my heart is racing. Oh, when they and, introduce a character and you think, oh, he's only been introduced so he can fall out with this other character or something. Or, yeah. or the worst thing I ever see in a superhero comic is when they lose their powers. That really winds yes. me up because it's only just yep. this, oh, yeah, yep. you're right. And there are, mo- I mean, it depends on how you're feeling, but there's moments when Seth is sort of towards the end of this book when he's wandering through his old hometown looking mm-hmm. for a house and, He's just looking across at birds, and he's looking across at houses, and he sees a kid playing with a gar- in a garden, and he walks on, and it just—I could read that all day, mate. To be fair. Yeah. yeah, same, same. Yeah. He um, he said previously that his art is to be um, digested as quick as the words on the page. If you feel that you want to go back and look at it later, then fine. But in the moment, he draws. So that you are to just digest it as quick as you are reading the words, and yeah. I, I think that is incredible. And he gets over so many silent moments with that. There's so many pages and panels and everything with nothing in it but a a, a power line, yeah. Or which is ostensibly in his style, just a couple of lines, really, yeah. Um, or a house, or God, a, you know, like the tiniest little pebble or a bit of snow or something like that. But because of how he has drawn it and how he's paced the page, it passes by really quickly. But it's 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 almost like he's orchestrated it that way. He's orchestrated you to feel the quietness, but only for a certain amount of time. Yeah. He's not making you sit there and drink it in for ages to the point that you're like, "God, this is boring." You know what I mean? Like you're actually <laughs> you know yeah. still you're still pacing through it and you're getting that sense. And you're also kind of. You're getting his sense of thought and feeling as you're walking through the pages. He gets out across in loads of his work in Wimbledon Green and Good Life and issues of Palookaville and, and Clyde fans especially. Oh, mate, 80 pages of Clyde fans. The first 80 pages pretty much is a dude walking about in his house talking to you. About sales skills. Yeah, <laughs> 80 pages. Yeah, yeah, which was multiple issues. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I do honestly remember buying it and thinking, have I read this bit before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but you get that when you read through it as well. There is bits where you think like, oh, he's repeating what he's saying at this bit, and then you think, well, of course he is because he's an old guy, and it's this is meant to be like a couple of days worth of him walking through the house. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Um. So of course he's going to be repeating himself. 
I mean, devil's it makes advocate. Perfect sense. Yeah, I agree, man. And I think I'm, I am on your side around that. It depends on my mood. Sometimes Clyde fans did frustrate me a little, um, mm-hmm. but the, I've written, I've got three, um, I've got two devil's advocate. Well, the three devil's advocate questions here first that I thought okay. I'd pose to you. I think we've already answered the first one. Is, is he boring? And I don't think so. I think maybe occasionally there's there's moments of dullness. Um, I think it just it, it it just depends on mood. Like you say, I think it really just depends on how you're feeling. If if you're not in the mood for them, then you're not you're yeah. going to find them boring. Yeah, I think you're right. You know? It's not for everyone this one, but um, I think you need to you know slow your heart rate down if you can't read something like this. You know, if you just want to yeah. punching someone. Um, and the, the second thing is, um, is he self indulgent? Do you yes. find a self indulgence to his work? And is that is that a bad thing or is that a, a, not, not, to me it's not necessarily a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing, and it's something that he relishes in. Yeah. As well, he says that you need a certain amount of self indulgence within your work for it to actually be your work. Yeah, and this is the whole thing. He says you need to really be comfortable with being self indulgent because at the end of the day, you're not going to get the 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 truth in the art and the truth in the work unless you are some form of self indulgent about it. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I agree with you. I think my work's certainly self-indulgent. A lot of people's work's self-indulgent. And because I don't agree with this sort of cult of the writer or cult of the artist, but I do like a bit of personality in what I'm reading sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think adding your own sometimes is a good way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the third one is the, um, is he does he think he's Truman Capote? <laughs> it's a question that occurred to me in the early hours of yesterday morning. Is uh, um... We don't have many touchstones for that sort of person in our country. We have a different kind of slightly pompous and eccentric person don't we but uh there's there's an element of even the voice is not an octave but a tiny bit higher than yours yeah. you know there's a little <sighs> tiny bit of that modern inter no not modern you know 60s intellectual 50s intellectual to me you know yes <clears throat> i uh, i think um i think if they were put it, put it this way i think if they were to ever meet they would hate each other yeah, okay. but just purely on the basis that I think they would get on each other's nerves. One would think was, one would think that the other either spoke too much or too little. <laughs> yeah, and that sounds yeah. insane, but because they're both talkative people. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you go on YouTube, you can you can watch for days. Um, yes, Seth talking yeah, about yeah. this. Yeah, and um, he says himself, you know, he's he's quite he's an extroverted person that lives in introversion, and uh, yeah. Like I, I, I kind of understand that in a way because I'm a person that can't stop talking as well. I constantly talk, but I, me too, man. I, I work in a job that requires me to just be around animals and on my own. Yeah. So I, I, I very much understand that aspect as well, and um, I think it's kind of almost the same with Truman Capote, but Truman Capote was so much more bombastic in, yeah. in a sense. Um, there was too much more of a party lad about him. But then, in a, in a sense, Seth was back in the day as well. It's only yeah, really I've in seen the him. Years. I've seen him entertaining at a table at Angoulême. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I, I, I just occurred to me in the early hours. I don't think perhaps no, he no. is the same. I sort of thought he thought we'd do it. Now, it, what we're it's, gonna? It's, go it's, a, uh, it's a valid. It's a valid. Um, it's a valid point. Yeah. And also because he would have seen the works kind of about the same time as he was starting off. But I think once again, it's just there's too much conflict in. Truman's stuff for yeah. Seth's sensibility, you know. Yeah, Truman is um, much more about the knife and the blood and 
Yes. Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps Seth isn't. The now we're gonna we're gonna move we're gonna talk a little bit about his other works and then I have a raft of quotes that I found hugely interesting and thought would make great conversational points which we're gonna talk mm. about that but um I thought we'd have a little chat about um Clyde fans um yes. which like we, we've just talked about um, ran between ten and twenty three of issues of Palookaville um, which I'm gonna say was around twenty years um, uh, yeah it was <clears throat> it was twenty years which. I find hilarious as well yeah. because I was uh, I was listening to an interview with him recently uh, that was in 2005, and he said at that point, "I've only got about two years left to go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I might I just, have seen that. Yeah, yeah, I could not stop laughing. You know, I think I've got about two years left to go. It's only going to be another two to three issues, and I just thought, God, this guy has. He obviously knew, but he also didn't know at the same point. He was thinking to himself, like, oh, I'll just make them extended issues and they'll be done. And then he suddenly thought, no, I can parse this out a wee bit. There's more here, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it makes a hell of a book. I think it's, I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of pages long and, and, and is is beautiful. And yes. um, it appeals to people who have a, have a, a good taste in comics, like yourself, but also appeals <laughs> to people who buy comics because they think graphic novels are cool. You know, yeah, um, yeah. We I often have that conversation with um, Sam at No Brown. He says, do you, do you, "What do you think of that? Do you think that would sell?" And I said, "Well, it'd sell to the Guardian crowd, my friend, but they wouldn't read it." <laughs> you know, but but I think some of them, um, people who know comics, know that this is good. It's slow. Yes. It's incredibly slow, but yes. it's good. And the the origins of it are that he was um, in, I think, in down. I'm going to say Toronto. Is it certainly in a Can- Canadian? city and downtown in, in an area that was um closed down shop fronts and stuff and he was mm-hmm. he found a fan company and, yes. and he was staring through the window and he said it was either closed down or was about to close down and at the back yes. he could see the um the portraits of two men on the wall mm-hmm. uh, in the back and he says i can't really remember what they looked like but they became the inspiration that sort of ran through my head for a number of years before i decided to launch that as the pro- the next project which became Clive fans yeah. um and it, it's an extended story of two people, isn't it? It's, it's, it's two guys, and they, their their company is being sort of pushed out of. Um, it's kind of a triumph of technology over hardworking average men, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. Where um, air conditioners are coming in, and fans are becoming something of the past. And of course, they're being they're they're the dinosaurs who are travelling around the country selling fans. And it's it time jumps, doesn't it? You get a bit of time yeah. jumping. Yeah. 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 It's um yeah Abe Abe and Simon the two oh, cool. the two brothers and um it's just basically it's basically their separate their separate stories and takes on life with each other and within the company and around their family and then it kind of coalescing together and then kind of going apart again and showing you why there has been a sort of rift or conflict between them this whole time. But yeah. I don't know. It's also just a, it's just, it's almost like a meditation in a way. Yeah. You work your way through it. There's a lot of lines and stuff where I was sort of looking going, like, did I read that? But then in my head, I'm also, as I'm reading it going, doesn't matter, just keep going because that's the whole point of it. It's just to keep going. And it's like, it's that whole thing of, like I said, it makes the, art to be digested the same as words none of that is more on display than in Clyde fans yeah. it's so minimalistic and just what it needs to be but it's so 
beautifully done. Like every single line and everything when you go back through it and have a look is precisely thought out. Yeah. Measured um there's just a certain accuracy to everything. And yet God, you feel everything in this in this book. You f- you feel every nook and cranny of this entire world. He, he's parsed yeah. out everything in these pages to show you what Clyde fans is as a company, uh, what these brothers mean to each other, what the world is, what Dominion is, the town itself. Yeah, um, everything. Like yeah, it's there's long sequences, aren't there? Where, yeah. for example, he'll, one of the brothers will book into a hotel, go upstairs, see the people in the room next to him go in the room, sit down and read a book. And that sometimes can be 10 pages, you yeah. know, because you get that um, environment that they inhabit, yeah. which I really like. And um, then proceed to discuss a memory that goes on for about 30 pages and, list, yeah. and lists <laughs> items. He's got like three, four pages of just like panel upon panel, about 16 to 24 panels or something where he's just listing items. Um, and it's like there's even a, a page that has every fan on one page and it's it's got all them their item number how much the cost yeah stuff like that um it's much slower and much more sedate than um it's a good life you don't weaken isn't it there's there's moments in a good life which make me push it more into the area of his contemporaries because there's much more happening in that there's some strange occurrences in it it's it's a good life you have the obviously the the failed relationships and his inability to connect with women and the way he, he can't finish relationships and stuff but you also get some weirdness in it it's it's a hard life it's a good life story if it's stuff like um he goes to stay in a motel and there's this weird woman in the room next door yeah who's drawing religious things and he very kindly talks to her um i was quite impressed with that scene because then he leads a note for the following day as well it's uh that apparently actually happened oh right okay that was that was one of the things um like he's the stuff with his mum and his brother and stuff as well. Like that all that all happened. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what he was like with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but he did actually go to a town at one point and meet this girl, and like leave her a note and stuff as well. That apparently actually happened. Okay. But just different circumstances. Yeah. You know. Well, Clyde fans is this huge magnus opus of just this relationship and the world the world changing and to me there's there's a big even more so than this sort of pursuit of a an imaginary old school cartoonist there's this real nostalgia i hate the word nostalgia often but there's almost this he 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 wants the world to be like this you feel seth you know he dresses as he does and he the the flashback sequences to this to this period pre-mobile phones and satellite television and all this nonsense and he he does he, he he did avoid using a computer for a long time actually Yes. Didn't he? So there's one great line I heard it just now before we started recording, is where he said he he dared to Google himself when he finished um, George Sprott, and oh. um, and he said the only he, he googled his name and George Sprott, and the only thing that came up was thank God this has ended. <laughs> <laughs> I regretted googling myself, but yeah, um, but yeah, Clyde fans is a beautiful thing, and it's done um, for those that haven't seen it in that that two color, so it's it's mostly yes. in a blue, isn't it? Um, yeah, as well. Um, gorgeously coloured, and he colours his own work. Um, yeah. Melancholic blue. Ah, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that's why that's why I. Call no, it. I agree, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And running parallel with this is um, this obsession he has with um, creating this town of Dominion. Um, mm-hmm. He actually builds, I think, in his basement or something. 
he actually builds with cardboard and you yep. know tape and stuff he builds the buildings of the town he actually created yeah. the town as, as a sort of project he's made a a whole book of the history of dominion as well this fake right. town he's made up um there's some pages of it in the more recent issues of palookaville the ones that were turned into like the hardbound books yeah um there's some pages from his um his sketchbook on that and it's like pictures of the parade and stuff the town parade um but he's got like he shows incest dominion as well in the film he, he opens up his book and there's like these whole oh. pages just filled how out how much and... would you want those sketchbooks oh mate every time every time <laughs> he holds them up to the screen in that video i'm just like oh g- gimme like <laughs> yeah. i would love them to print it i would love a history of dominion book um but it's because also he's hand lettered all of it it's right. all done in like that brush ink yeah pen i'm like oh my god um but he's done all that and like you say he's built the buildings and they're really well done as well and they really he's are. had like yeah yeah he's, he's had like shows with them and stuff like um i think he, he had one at the was it the Ontario? Oh, I can't remember. I'm, I, I could be talking about arts here, but it was like the Ontario Gallery or something like that. Okay. Um, I, I, I could be totally built in here. No, I but really, I, I really admire that in him because um, he what he says is doing art for yourself is very valuable. Yes. Um, and I immediately, I'm in my own head, you know, in the, the the shitty, fucking ridiculous world of comics that we live in now, extrapolate that to saying, don't put everything you've done online. Yeah, don't yeah. pat yourself on the back of the, all the time. He almost, it's almost like a therapy to him to always be creating. And there's there's a talk. Um, he gives a talk at the Drawn and Quarterly shop, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the the dude from Drawn and Quarterly introduces it. And he says, "I don't know how he does so much." But previous to that, um, I've always thought he's not doing much. He's taken ages doing this, Clive Hands, but he's got so much yeah. else going on as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I. I very much admire a person that can take on various projects, especially when it comes to something like art. Like he says, he says himself that Chester had always dedicated himself to comics, and he he, he very much admired that, and he really liked that. But his mind wasn't built that way. Yeah. He wants to do something else to fill in the time between the comics. Like he has other interests, there's other things that he wants to do. If he just focused on the comics all the time, he'd become bored with it. So he does other things to occupy that time, and I, I under, I very much understand that, and I think a lot of people do as well. You know, minds are kept busy. You jump from thing to thing. You don't just constantly focus on one thing all the time. Yeah, minds tend to wander. They tend to jump to other things, and but he makes good on that, and then actually builds a town or <laughs> yeah. uh, does it does a history book, constantly sketches. Yeah. Um, Makes all these, makes all these different things. You know, works on his house. You know, um, makes the marquee. Oh, for I wouldn't his... put my feet. I wouldn't. I'd take my shoes off going into his house, wouldn't you? Imagine. Oh God, yeah. In- yeah. Inks well end. Oh my God. Like the fact <laughs> that it's called that, I'm just like, oh. Um, uh, New York covers. Glass... He's done as well. Yeah, he's got stained glass yeah. windows, isn't he? Yeah, stained yeah. glass window. Yeah, the marquee. He's um, he's a uh, wife's barber shop. Yes, that's um, true. All designed by him. Um, he must love that just... barbershop because it's, it's completely his aesthetic as well, isn't it? It's that sort oh, it's of gorgeous. barbershop. Yeah. There's pictures of it in the Cess Dominion book, but there's like, they actually come from the Palookaville issues as well. Right, okay. Um, there's, there's more photographs of it. Um, oh, it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. Like, I would love to get my hair cut there. <laughs> yeah. Love, yeah. Honestly. I saw it and was like, oh, God, that looks amazing. Um, 
but there is that there is that thing of like like a, uh, to get back on the the point he's you yeah. know his mind's constant constantly moving it's yeah. constantly going so when people are saying that thing of like oh why is, why is he not doing this it's like the guy's creating he's constantly creating you you have to wait on one issue in his head he, he's waiting on something drying something else taking its time to yeah come up in his sketchbook and ruminate he's also working as he says he works on commercial work in between and stuff as well like new yorker covers and that um yeah, he's constant he is constant he's a machine yeah yeah he is. <laughs> and you know he's coming up he's coming up for 60 soon you know yeah he's got and he's he's got to press all those suits and he getting back from the dry cleaners yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he has said before <laughs> that he does have a more he has a more of a casual look in the house but it is still shirts and an overcoat that he, he actually i like that <laughs> that aspect he puts on an overcoat that's for work so when he goes down to go and do his comics he he purposefully puts on this sort of comfier overcoat in the house and yeah. i'm like oh that's that's amazing like there, there's a there's a discipline to that yeah that older there's generation a, that, my father used to wear a tie every day of the week yeah, yeah it's like that yeah, yeah i know yeah. what you mean yeah, yeah. The, a couple of other things we'll mention before we get onto some of these quotes that I find interesting is um, Wimbledon Green. He did as a graphic novel, two thousand and five, mm-hmm. and a lot of that he actually made um, stamps for. So rather than drawing the lines, he actually made stamps of some of the characters, and would stamp them on the page, which is quite cool. Um, uh, was that that's is that not for his rubber stamp diary? That's not for Wimbledon Green. Oh, I thought he'd done it with the covers of Wimbledon Green. No, you might be right there, man. Yeah, his rubber stamp diary. Then, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I might, uh, I might miss that, mix that up. I, I, mm, I'm, I'm trying to think. Possibly he did do some Wimbledon Green ones, but I know he's, he's done, he's actually done a dedicated rubber stamp diary, right? Um, okay. And he has, he has about a good twenty to thirty. Yeah, he showed the little, um, he showed the thing where it sort of spins round on, you know, and yeah. he's had these all made. That's that's. But, I'm, I'm going to use the word only once this this um, episode, but that's pretty anal. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> the, but the um, Wimbledon Green and the Great Northern Brotherhood of Canadian Cartoonists—they're his sketchbook work, right? So they're yeah. they're ones that um, they're ones that were just meant to sort of stay in the sketchbook, and then after a while, he's he's made up these small stories, and he's made enough that he's been able to make a a, a sort of graphic novel, uh, okay. as he says. Oh, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually really hates the term graphic novel, which I kind of yeah, admire. <laughs> you know, he's actually said I've started saying it because it's just an easy shortcut. But he, he says, I think he says something like, "I can't think of a worse fucking phrase." And yeah, I'm that's making, why I make him right on that. He doesn't say fucking because he doesn't say that. But yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, nice. it's some, sometimes does. Okay, um, <laughs> the, that's why. Um, that's why it's a good life, and some of the other stuff are called picture novellas ah, because okay. because he was taking the mick out of graphic novel. Yeah, I mean, when um, graphic novel came up as a phrase, I refused to use it for a long time. I used to hate it. It's see, like... for so, sorry, did go on, man, no, go on. Go. Uh, see for me, graphic novel had a totally different thing. The graphic novel to me was like trade. Okay. I didn't know the I didn't know the word trade. I didn't know I did I, I didn't know the word collection. I thought the difference was that comics were floppies and graphic novels were collections. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll get you. I actually had a conversation once with this um, creator at a comic convention, and um, she said to me, oh, I don't really read comics. And I said, oh, okay. What do you read then? She goes, I, I read graphic novels. And oh. I said, oh, oh, okay, nice. I said, what ones do you like? And she went, well, Watchmen. I said, well, that's a collection of 12 comics. 
you know, you can call it graphic novel if you want, but they're actually, you know, comics. And I then can just imagine. And then yeah, you can on my face will be like, yeah, like what? And then she says, "Oh, and Dark Knight Returns." I said, "Well, that was four comics." She's like, "Well," and then she says something else. Which she says, "Oh, well, Eisner, that's got to be a graphic novel." I said, "All right, yeah, okay." I mean, I'm not, you know, let's not, you know, you can't snob yourself away from comics, you know. But anyway, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, George Sprott was published originally in the New Yorker. Um, it was a, a page at a time, wasn't it? I think is that right? Um, I think and so. And then he added some extra material to it. Um, I saw an interview with him where he said he used to go and lock himself away in a hotel in the city he lived in with two packets of cigarettes, a big packet of crisps, and a typewriter, and he would write the script out for each page four <laughs> at a time, and then he'd go home and draw them. Um, and they're, they're, there's a lot on the page from that, even more than Clyde fans, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is. There's Because it's a... Because it's almost like a that's almost like a history book as well. It's a history of this yeah. of this character. And it's, of, it's a of, time span, isn't it? The second I get, I'm written the second title, but it's from such and such year to such and such year, isn't it? Yes, yeah. uh, 1894 and 1975, which that's is right. George Sprott's life, and you know he's this TV personality, um, <laughs> and it kind of shows his whole life. Do you know what? It's um, it's it's a it's a bit more wordy. There's a lot more to it. There's tons more panels. It's a lot bigger as well. It's yes. one of the one of the sort of bigger works. Um, but it's you know it, that really fleshes out a lot of Dominion in a way as well. Yeah. Um, but because obviously it, it it fleshes out the um TV channel in which it comes from, like where it's based and everything. Oh, um, okay, interesting. Yeah, it's this sort of I hate the world world building, but that's what it is, I suppose. Yeah. 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 And it's also got pictures throughout it to sort of break up the pages of the buildings in which Seth has made. Right, brilliant. That's amazing. Just just yeah. single ones, like, but yeah. Um, and there's also ones in between of just, you know, snowy hills and stuff. Yeah. But it really, that's another one that really gives you a, 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 build, a build on uh, on on Dominion. Yeah. It just occurred to me now that I'm so glad that we have had the benefit of having people being full-time comic creators and i hope i hope that it never stops because as you and i who are both part-time comic creators i have i get home from work and like like you i do 12 hour days and my head's porridge man sometimes i just can't can't type a sentence but to have these people who can totally you know submerge their lives in the the world of this I, i i'm so happy about it and it's so it's so enriched my life having mm-hmm. these people out there. I think I think it's marvellous and long may, it, long may it continue. And he's yeah. certainly one of them, you know. Isn't yeah, it? big time. Big yeah. time, man. I, I, it's odd. Um, it's going to be a... Re- this is going to be a really big pronouncement here. And right. it, it, might, it might sound ridiculous um, right. when, I, when I say, but I now think of, especially with comics, I now think of... Uh, my timeline for comics of before Seth and after Seth. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But just purely on the basis that I feel this creator in general, this this artist, has shown me a whole side that is. I don't know. It's just. It's more. It's not thought provoking. That's not the word I want to use. I keep using the word meditative, meditative, but that's not what I'm thinking yeah. of either. There's just something more considered. That's probably what I'm thinking of. There's just yeah. something more considered about it. There's a whole aspect of more considered work, and I now notice that influence 
I notice I notice a lot of influences in Seth's work, but I now notice Seth's influence across other books after having read his stuff. Yeah, I, I go, agree. Oh, that's that's very Seth. I was and thinking like, exactly the same huh? thing today with John McNaught. I was boxing up some uh, yeah. No Brow, and I came across John McNaught stuff. And after having with, with these with these podcasts, people don't know, but we tend to study them for a week and and just absolutely engulf ourselves in the subject matter, don't we? So sometimes mm-hmm. all we see is see as this this creator for a lot of our comic reading week and um i picked up john mcnaught and i thought never connected the two yeah and then i watched an interview this afternoon and they asked um seth who he's reading and he said i really like the work of john mcnaught and i'm like there's there's definitely i've there's i'm in the matrix you know yeah 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 as um there's go on, mate sorry there's a there's a there's a few of them like that though i do have a few creators like that don't get me wrong this, this mm. isn't just the yeah. only one i do have a few like that i mean obviously uh, JP John Porcelino that we spoke about yeah. as well. You know, yeah. I said to you when I I saw him, I was like, something's changed, something's happened here. And it's the same with Hernandez brothers and everything as well. Yeah. But Seth, I don't know, it's something different, man. I, I, it's something I can't quite put. I really can't put into words, and I can't quite put my finger on. But well, let's let's examine a... that then, because I think that's that leads into what something I wanted to talk to you about after that, and, and it definitely leads on from what you're saying there is yeah. the the personality on show, and and is especially in his earlier work, and mm-hmm. certain extent, you know, Clyde fans exhibits part of his personality. As a uh, you and I, we're both comic creators and and podcasters. We're putting ourselves out there, aren't we? Really, mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually a quite a private person as a lot of us are but we actually whilst not necessarily saying oh what i have for breakfast or what i did today on twitter whatever people do we're actually putting something of our personality out there now this reflects in a lot of what seth does and like you say he's um an extrovert who leaves a lot who lives the life of an introvert hmm. and then there's two two sides of that coin how do people cope without it who aren't comic creators or aren't you know aren't getting their their art out there i suppose and why do we need to do it it's a weird one is it some people don't need it you know yeah um the urge that you and i both had to to be on or to do podcasts and to create Mm -hmm. comics is not necessarily putting ourselves out there but certainly putting something out there a message even if it is yeah and he's doing that isn't he yeah you're this is still this is still an expression this is still something of yeah. putting something you're, you're putting a part of you out there like people are people are hearing your thoughts and and your take and and your opinion on something so therefore they are building a character yeah they're building you they're building you know they're building parts of you based upon little snippets that you have given them whether it be voice or pictures or words or whatever you know yeah um so it is I don't know, it's a tough one, man. It is a weird one, isn't it's, it? And it's yeah. on some level everything we do in regards to art, I think, puts something of ourselves out there. Yeah. Um, because it's we're we're putting that energy into our work and people are feeling it the other end in a rather hippy dippy way of saying it. But the <laughs> um the, which leads into what Seth also said that I think is really interesting, and he makes a point of this, and I've said it I've heard him say it three times now on different interviews. He says that comics are the most intimate of all the arts. Um, he says it, what happens on the page happens in your brain and it can't yeah. be shared with anyone else. And, and he, he, he rationalises this by saying you, you can see a movie, you can share the experience of seeing a movie, you can share the experience of listening to a song and dancing to it or just sitting there and listening to it. You can go to a performance of a comic where an author will read his own 
comic out his own book out or somebody else will read his book out um but with a comic you can't it's so internalized you've got that page that you're looking at you could i'm sure you could describe it and people do try but it's not the same um mm. and i think i agree with him i really do i think that's a great yeah. great way of putting it um yeah he says that a few but, times doesn't he i think yeah he does and he, he's he's made that point he's made that point before where he said um it's just about specific bits in his book where he's maybe had somebody walking down the street and talking and he said you know you can only do that in comics um you couldn't have that and he's then said you couldn't have that in a novel hmm. which i thought well that's kind of that's what a novel is but then he, he follows up on it saying but there's you know if the whole novel was just the person speaking to the reader dead on like the whole thing was basically just just this person just that and not even describing anything they're literally just talking yeah that you you couldn't do that and i thought right okay no i I understand what he means but yeah he does express that quite a lot he does have a there is a profound there's a profound connection with comics that he has made that i mean it's a love obviously yeah and i think it's more than him trying to make it credible you know i I completely understand that he's trying to pass it on because he does do a lot of talks at <clears throat> you see him at universities and you know book clubs and stuff where people in the audience aren't necessarily don't necessarily understand comics because there is a language yeah. to it the other phrase i heard him say was comics are, are understated they're bubbles from your brain which i thought was a really nice one oh, um, and nice. He, he wishes to he says I, li- I like to draw the texture of the modern world um yeah it's good and, and the other thing he makes a point of talking about is the comparison between poetry and comics and the yep. way the rhythm and the flow of those um mm-hmm. and he said something in just a few words that suddenly just spanned my mind around he said charles Schultz. he says peanuts is a haiku and i went it is that's what it is you know god yes it is yeah comic strip a lot of these comic strips are haikus and he's right yeah um jeez <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man cartoonists and poets are similar he says um oh, well yeah. make them right on that after saying that <laughs> yeah i do too yeah isn't that good yeah yeah um now there's something that you brought my attention to was um or we we, we certainly discussed this week was Seth's Seth's storytelling advice so he wrote a letter to noah van skyver now i know you're a buddy of noah's um you've had him on the show and everything and and mm-hmm. we're both fans of his but um he read just as a short video of him reading out the advice didn't they yeah which is lovely yeah, yeah. Um, that's really nice i wrote down a couple of the piece of advice don't feel that you have to push yourself and write about things you don't want to um Mm -hmm. he says i've been trying to throw plot out the window for years lately i've like you said earlier lately i've been trying to eliminate the idea of conflict um and he says it's it's false that both are considered necessities um and he said the one phrase is i wish there was less happening here (laughs) i love that i love that so much i adore that yeah, he's so right as well that like when so, when your friend or a family member or something tells you a story about something that happened to them, it doesn't necessarily have a massive amount of conflict in it. It does, you know. There's yeah. sometimes it doesn't even have a real conclusion to it, but you sit and you listen and you enjoy it, yeah. and you both converse. Like, why does it always have to be like you know bombast and huge amounts of? strife and conflict on a page all the time like he says yeah. just slow it down throw it out the window <laughs> yeah i think we do get tied up too much in this sort of act structure and you know yeah. 
I I chat to Pat about this all the time, and and he he's a big lover of McKee's the story. And I said, Pat, I couldn't read it, man. I tried. It's just a mathematical formula for a story. And he said, yeah, but it makes sense when you're writing comics. We have this sort of discussion, and sometimes I wish we didn't think about story like that. Some of the mm. the most lovely stuff I've seen are you know people walking across landscapes and with music playing and stuff. And um, there's there's a, a a film that Kate Rusby does the soundtrack for called Heartlands, and it's about a dude just traveling across the country on a moped and it's the most beautiful thing in the world yeah and i could quite happily sit there and i'm not worried about whether he finds the love of his life or beats the bully up at the end or stuff i just want to see this you know i think that that's that's what you get with seth now i think mm-hmm. um Very much so. early works were slightly different but i think certainly now i think that's what we're getting just yeah. enjoy the journey just enjoy the page enjoy the image mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's like that with clyde fans that I think it was the comics journal had said um this is this is a big book it's not epic it's huge in size but it's not epic yeah and i thought yeah, yeah. that's the best description of that ever it's huge <laughs> in size it it's readable but it's not epic yeah like it's just because every time you see something like that, something that's like a brick, you think, "Oh God, that was going to be like an epic tome," you know, something to really get through. Yeah. And then you you read through it and go, "Well, I've blasted through this," but I mean, I just feel relaxed after the end yeah. of it. You know, like we need that sometimes, don't we? You know. Yeah, it's kind of like it's making the the connection there again with John Porcellino, but it's like you know King Cat, Cat classics, all of like the the old King Cat, Cats together, and you look at it and go. God, that's huge! You know, it's massive. Yeah. And then you work your way through it and just go, "Oh yeah, okay." You know, yeah. it's just this nice plod through. You know, there's there, you're not coming away from it, you know, stressed. <laughs> yeah, you're not coming right. away being like, "Oh, I feel like the, the earth shook," you know, or something. You just come away from it and go, "Well, that was really enjoyable." I, yeah, maybe I like we're that. tied too much into fiction to think that it has to have this structure to it and everything. Now, music's not like that, is it? You know, no. So no. exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Let's. I think we um, before we finish. I knew we'd go long, but before we finish, I think it's worthy of a mention before we start chatting about you. Is um, drawn and quarterly. Um, we just talk yes. a little bit about that. Founded in 1990, based in Montreal, Montreal in Quebec. Other creators include Linda Barry, Dan Klaus, Chester Brown, Mary Fleener, Joe Sacco, Adrian Tomine. Um, some people we've certainly discussed on here numerous times. In my mind, probably for me, they are. The main competition for Fantagraphics, but a little bit more understated than Fantagraphics. Fantagraphics seems to be the sort of the the punkier version somehow. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Founded in 1990 by Chris Oliveris, um, uh, after borrowing $2,000 from his father. He was only 23 <laughs> years old at the time. Um, the first issue of Drawn and Quarterly um, debuted in April 1990. The company now employs 25 people. Um also has a foot in BD and, and Japanese comics as well. And they've got a shop, the uh, Library Drawn a Quarterly. It's an English-language bookshop in Bernard Street in Montreal, and it often hosts events, one of which you can find if you search for Seth Comics. Problem is just putting Seth in. You get Seth MacFarlane, all kinds of shit on there. But oh, yeah. You, you Seth, have to Mac- add... Seth MacFarlane and Seth Rogan. They're the two, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also the publisher of King Cat Comics, which we've talked about before. Yep. Uh, the Moomins, um, Mooncop by Tom Gold. Um Marble Season, um, Louis Real by Chester Brown. There's, there's a there's a raft of good books. Is there anything in particular that you've yeah. enjoyed, man? Or uh, more recently, the works of Leslie Stein. Okay, um, right. I know you, writer and present, were were put out through um, D and Q. Yeah, 
Right. And uh, just incredible works. I don't know if her next one's out through D&Q or not, because she has put it through Fantagraphics as well. Yeah, there seems to be some crossover, doesn't there, between Yeah, there is. Yeah. There really, really is. Um... I think that's that's key actually. If you're looking for a drawn and quarterly book, they often are D plus Q on the on the spine now. Yes, D and Q, yeah, D and Q. Because I think they are they not. Uh, I think it's either Twitter or Instagram. One of the two. They're at D and Q as well. Right. Okay. I th- I think don't don't quote me on that, but I think um, yeah, it's got to be John Porcelino and 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 Leslie Stein. I'm trying to think of other ones. Obviously, Klaus put out. I think he put Wilson through D and Q as well. Okay, did he? I've got that behind yeah. me somewhere. I'll have a look in a sec. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm really struggling to think off the top of my head. There's loads. There's yeah, a there lot of Joe Matt. Joe Matt. Yeah, as I'm looking well. at a Joe Matt one now. It's from D and Q. Yeah. Yeah, Fairweather. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. They're they're always at um, Angoulême. You know, you see them at all these festivals. Um, TCAF, obviously. Um, yeah. Yeah, good stuff, man. What a, what a, what a great. Um, creator and series of books to dive into for for the week of research yeah i really enjoyed that yeah it's very good yeah and i recommend seth's dominion it's a little bit film school on occasion um yeah and it's a lot of it is animated so don't be don't think it's it's just all interviews and stuff but it's nice i like we, we had the same one for john porcelino he'd done a movie isn't he as well and there's there's, yeah. there's movies out there i think that's great i think it's nice that these people they lend themselves to the art house crowd you know the everyman theater stuff um, yeah yeah me. both their both their films kind of fit their aesthetic as well like yes that's true john, yeah. john's was that sort of hand done diy you know him his mate going around with a camera sort of thing yeah and uh seth's bits of animation in between are his are animated but not when people say that seth said it himself when people say that you you think the worst you think like it's <laughs> going to be these these images just sort of boxily moving about, but it's it's all been redone and it moves lovely, like it looks amazing. Um, and it's sort of interspersed with little bits of his comics, sort of spoke out by Seth and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really nice. It's a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah. Um, but I think it was. I think it fits well that way, and also it's got extras on the on the DVD and stuff as well, like little bits of animation and the talk at the DQ yeah. shop and stuff. Yeah, has, and the that's on there. That. Yeah, and it's yeah. A, the first film I watched on my new telly, and it's a nice high definition quality film. Yeah, yeah, very nice. nice. Cool. Somebody had somebody had said that it was a. They'd ask Seth, "Do you think it's a a good introduction to yourself?" And he said, "Yeah, it probably is. It probably is a, a good introduction to myself." Yeah, I thought, right. well, that's that's fine. That's a good that's a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a grand so statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody's wanting a good introduction to Seth, they partake in Seth's dominion. But yeah. yeah. Okay, man. So what's going on with you? You and the TCS crowd. So um, still pumping out the the podcast. What have you got lined up, man? Or what have you had out recently? Start with. Uh, well, Dave put out his um, audio commentary track. For the Taybridge disaster, yes, I listened to that last week. Very good. Yep. Yeah. Because um, obviously that's went out to the public now, so yep. not ev- not everybody got to partake in that. Um, think. <laughs> I think I said to you a wee while ago we had an episode on dinosaurs, so I'm planning on that going out soon. Oh, I know who's going to love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a. Uh, it wasn't a mighty Sadakit picked one, but he definitely enjoyed it. <laughs> 
Uh, he definitely enjoyed it. No, that was good. That was done a while back. I think we did that one on Skype, actually. We've okay. done it. There's still a number of them that are still from Skype. Yeah, you have a few, a few sort of stored up. I tend to just do them and stick them out, but you tend to keep a few back, don't you, for stuff? Yeah. yeah. I build them up because, obviously, I, I, I just don't have the time, a lot of the time, to go and do it. So I just kind of build them up and then put them out as is, you know. So, um, But we've still got a whole review episode that we did where we had like loads of Europe comics and stuff and oh, we actually nice. chatted yeah, yeah we, but we chatted that much that we ended up going and way over time and it was like right well, we'll come back and do a part two we did a part two and didn't actually discuss any comics whatsoever and just met up and chatted <laughs> uh, just randomly so that'll probably go out oh, I got a new well. bundle through from Europe comics the other day me and, me and Dan were going nuts for it some great stuff in yeah there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's so they'll be coming at some point. Reviews on that, and we are working hard on TCS comic number two. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> the um, yeah, the deadlines soon uh, for all the stuff to be done. Um, pages. Are you going to it, or are you just going to stick it out? What's the plan? Not too sure yet, actually. Do you know? Okay. I, I, I'll be honest. It's something. It's something I've thought about with, with Kickstarter. I think it's something we've all thought about. To be fair, yeah. Um, it's a good promotional tool. Dave obviously saw that, didn't he, with the Tay Bridge? He's probably reached yeah. people he might not have reached previously with his comics. Possibly. Yeah. Um, I think. It, I think he did say that as well, actually. But um, don't quote me on that because I, I can't. I can't remember that conversation. Right, okay. <laughs> um, but um, it is a possibility. But to be honest. That we're not adverse to just printing off yeah, like I mean, there's copies four or five of you in. involved, aren't they? I'm sure you can stick your hand in your pocket for yes. a small print run, can't you? That's that's the yeah, good. Yeah. Well, that's what we do with the awesome podcast anthology, you know, the original yeah. one. Because we thought yeah. we could kickstart it, or there's three or four of us involved. We just, you know, yeah. yeah. But but we're definitely taking the harder line now. Of we're doing a certain print run, and once it's done, it's done. Yeah, we're not going back. No reprints. No nothing. Yeah. Um, which. I think that may be slightly influenced by <laughs> likes of Pulgaville and all this kind okay. of stuff as well. Yeah. Um, because I like I like that aesthetic. The, the, it was it was initially kind of my thought process behind that was brought on with things with Noah yeah. and looking at some of the stuff that he'd printed and it was small print runs and it was done and then it becomes scarce and it's like when you find one out in the wild it's like oh look you know yeah um i just yeah. like that i like that that idea of just printing them off and then being just a really limited run adam, adam talks um, a bit about that he's that's one of his favorite things is in 10 years time somebody will be at a comic mart and pull a copy of atomic hercules out of a long box you know i think oh, yeah yeah we like yeah that. Um, but yeah, that's that's underway. We're, do you know, what? we're actually we're actually really hard at work at that because it started off. We were we were all kind of going back to we all planned it, started, and then we all kind of went back to work at the same time, and yeah. all plans sort of halted, and we were doing a bit at a time. Well, Mike and Dave obviously were just banging banging on. You know, they were just getting on with it. But um, you know, you know what they're like anyway. They're yeah. workhorses. They just go for it. Um, but finding time was quite scarce, but now it's, you know, we've really made the time and we're just getting on with it. So this is coming on, it's ticking on nicely. Oh, good um, stuff, I've, I've got some drawn pages in there myself. So, hey! Brilliant. Yeah. Are you going to, do you think you're going to do a little launch on it? Do you think, or? Uh, not too sure. That's not something that we've spoke about. Right. 
Um, like a comic shop takeover? Because I know there is a comic shop in Dundee, isn't there now? There is. Yeah, there is. Um, and remember, I, I think I said to you before that I did think about approaching um, Forbidden Planet, either Edinburgh or Glasgow at the time. I think that was before that shop had opened. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't, do, do you know what? I, 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 this isn't... We're not, we're, here to, we're, we're not here to be millionaires, are we? You know, we don't... No. We just want to get our comics out there. And, I th- yeah, I think you're the same. Sometimes it's a pain in the arse to do stuff like yeah, that. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for people just to read it and have a copy. Yeah. I'm, I mean, fuck, at the end of the day, mate, I'm happy just to partake in it and print it off. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not... Re- I've not really that thought doesn't cross my mind then of somebody yeah. actually holding it and reading on to it, but at the same point it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a plus, you, you know, it's a plus. I like to have it on my little shelf here. I, I tell Adam I call it the ego shelf, where yeah. I have all the comics I'm involved in on a <laughs> shelf, and it's like another one. I like to stick one up there, you know. Oh, there's that comic I did. I don't care what people I, uh, think. Yeah, I, I I met somebody recently. Um, it was actually it was actually a, cust- a customer of mine who was looking in on their cat. And uh, I sort of went into the house and saw these shelves of comics. It was like, oh, wow. Oh, it's incredible. And it was good stuff, you know, really good stuff. I was yeah. like really taken aback. So I actually made a care package of like all the stuff that we'd been involved in. Oh, nice. And left it for them and said, look, you can just throw it out if you want, you know, anything. But it was all like issues of Hopper, um, oh, nice. a, couple of, a couple of issues of Dump. Um, and I think there was. Um, something else and then there was that comic smell and stuff and i chucked a the kids so I chucked a couple other wee bits and bobs that i had lying about yeah and they uh, got this message like oh thanks so much like that was amazing it's great to have yeah, like so all these a few people about and... there man we just they just don't you know they don't shout about things on social media no. there's a lot of people reading comics out there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's really good isn't it yeah yeah but okay, i like okay, that occasionally i catch the eye of my neighbor because he was i was recording a <laughs> podcast with um al henderson and he was drilling next door, and I knocked on it. It was late at night, so I knocked on his door. I said, "Dude, I'm, I'm. Would you keep it down? I'm, I'm doing a pot. I don't know why I said it. I said I'm recording a pot. I shouldn't have said it, <laughs> but he keeps. He's obviously looked me up. Do you know what I mean? Oh no! And he's like, oh, he, I keep saying, oh, it? where are you off to? Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, he wants to say, oh, are you going off to the comic shop or a comic con or something? You know? Yeah, yeah. I know he wants to say something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that though. Of just like seeing somebody and and find it finding out the dirty secret i know i worked with someone for i worked in quite a macho environment and i worked with someone for 10 years and i didn't know we both collected and read comics yeah and we worked in the same office yep yeah crazy (laughs) it is great um speaking of dave that his new comics cracker man my favorite i think he's done so far i really liked it yeah, I read it. I read it over a coffee, sitting in a little cafe in a London park, and it was just fucking perfection. Yeah, Amazing. booze ha ha. Is it called? Yeah, booze ha ha. Yeah, I'm Fred loving hearing. Absolutely loving people. Uh, like I'm hearing loads of folk talking about it and everything as well. I love, I love getting that feeling as well because you know that's my pal. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my that's my yeah. best mate. You know what I mean? And it's you know it's coming through like they're all saying, "Oh, this is great." You know more. more I hate those people. Stuff. I love my friends doing well. And I think yeah. you can tell those people who don't really like, you know, their friends doing better than them. And I, I'm fucking over the moon with people who've made it. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Wild Goose. Oh, I'm fucking so chuffed for that dude. You know, Simmons, yep. all these people. Yeah, it's great. I really do My enjoy that. Pal of mine, who I've known forever, he ended up being a cameraman on some film and sent me a picture of himself with Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> right, and, okay. And yeah, yeah. now, I don't know who was more excited 
he yeah, he was do, doing yeah. well with him or me. Like I was sitting, being like, "God, I can't believe that." Not that just that he'd met, you know, it, it was something with Billy Bob Thornton and Johnny Depp or something like that. Right. But not not that it was just that he'd met these famous people or whatever. But I was like, "God, he's really doing it." Like he's yeah. he's going for it. He's doing so well, um, and he just sends me things every now and then. I think because he knows that I'm sitting like, "Good on you, mate." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love it. I absolutely love it. So when Dave puts something out and people start talking about it, yeah, me I always get this wee giddy feeling. I'm like, yes. Like Vince and Dan, when they when when Vince was doing that web comic black, I loved that. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. yeah. The um a lot of people are jealous of the relationship I have with Jay McDonald. Do you know what I mean? That's so there is a lot of jealous people out there. <laughs> <laughs> quite rightly so, quite yeah, rightly exactly. so. <laughs> so where can people listen to your marvellous podcast and find you online, mate? Um you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify. Um, I'm endeavouring to try and get these episodes uploaded to YouTube again. Um, yeah. I've noticed people have started watching them on, on YouTube. So, oh, okay. um, But you can get them in the, in, the, in the usual kind of podcast places. I'm sure if you just type us in someplace. I need to try and get us onto Amazon, actually, because I noticed that we I don't think we come up on Amazon, but we come up through Apple Player, through Alexa or something like okay, that. Okay, I got an email saying you're now on Amazon a few weeks ago. I never reply for oh, these okay. bloody things. I don't know how that happened. But, yeah, hmm. yeah, sometimes. You might but, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, but that's the, the usual kind of places. But just Google us that comic smell, and it tends to come up. Um, you can also get us on Twitter and Instagram at that comic smell. Um, don't tend to put much on Twitter these days, but still there, still got a presence. Yeah, and yeah, okay. uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Instagram's the way to go. That's where you got a lot, a lot of art and stuff. Is. Yeah, I like, I like, there's very, very rarely do I not like a post on Instagram. I've curated it to perfection. You know. Yeah. 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 Although I do follow a load of Scientology accounts just for a laugh at the moment, <laughs> and then occasionally I'll put them into my story. Yeah. Joe Simon's messaged me just with a laughing face every time I do it. But yeah, it's not bad. Good See, stuff. I just thought you were converted. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking. He's got. He's got some. He's coming to some money. He's converted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, good on him. <laughs> There's not enough sex. If it was a cult where it was just sort of free love, I'd be. I'd be all over it, my friend. You yeah, know. that's that's a shame, right enough. Yeah, or even cheap love. I don't care. <laughs> even bad sex is good sex. And anyway, moving on. So you can find me at uh, neveronanything.com. Please go there and leave a comment. There's a way you can email the site. Email me through that site, or you can find me on Twitter S O Y S E Z O H Y Z. And there's the Never Iron on the Twitter as well. It's got its own account. Um, we're currently running Flesh and Ink issue four. is about to start. And if you go to um, patreon.com forward slash tribute press you, you can get that for 199 you can read a comic a day digitally or for a little bit more you can get a comic sent through the post to you which uh, a lot of people do and we're, we're, we're really pleased we're, we're we're cooking on gas at the moment the next story yeah. um after flesh and ink we've got something with daryl daryl's back again love daryl he's sending me through some pages and then after that i'm we're back with a, a character you might have seen before with me and adam so i'm looking forward to that as well Ooh. yeah so um thanks man absolutely brilliant another great one another um nice thoughtful episode there and um hopefully dave back on soon as well i i I messaged dave saying i'm I'm currently at war with someone on ebay in relation to uh the (laughs) the comic he wants to talk about because i I couldn't find my issue but i've had to i've had to buy another one but uh dave will dave will be back soon with some bronze age marvel as he is want um, oh, yes. And next week um, we've got the, the return of Mr. Henderson. And don't worry, the um, the, the the Peter David Hulk is coming. At, um, uh, 
uh, Mr. McCulloch was feeling a bit under the weather, so we had to we had to postpone. I think because he'd had he'd had both his jabs. Um, ah. So that's coming soon as well. Um, but yeah, thanks, man, and um, we shall continue chatting after I press stop. Thanks, Tony. Cheers. Cheers, man. Mm-hmm.